Good day to you and yours. Thanks again for listening to us here at WagerAger. Thanks again for JJ and Yanni from the Bet Crushers coming on to discuss baseball. We've had a few volumes, a few iterations of these in the springtime. It's still springtime, right? Technically June 1st, still springtime, summer weather upon us. And as the summer weather and the baseball season heats up, I think we're going to do some more baseball content. So we're kicking around the idea of some live streams, maybe bringing some people on. We're going to do some more frequent baseball podcasts, talk about just state of the league, Follow JJ and Yanni at the Bet Crushers. JJ has daily, and if not daily, five, six of seven days of the week coming out with baseball betting articles. He's been great in terms of getting those out. His angles, his knowledge of the game is second to none. And we just kind of kick around what's going on in the league. Is the ball unjuiced still? Some of the trends, is the batting average, is offense going up? What are we thinking about some of the teams? We touched on some of the teams and value plays last time in the futures market. Do we still like this? Do the Giants have a shot to win the World Series? Are the Mets underachieving, overachieving? Are the Braves finally going to get their shit together? Am I still a Phillies fan? All that and more here in the podcast. Thanks again to JJ and Yachty. Great time here again. Thanks for joining us here at WagerAger. D-Nice with the Bet Crushers. JJ, happy Memorial, end of Memorial Day weekend. What's going on? I'll tell you, we, we were just talking about, we finally got a nice day of weather up here in, say, the east. and Northeast. Took full the, advantage. Yeah. What about this weekend? The dreary northeast. Yanni doesn't need to deal with that. What's going on now? No. I don't have to deal with that, but happy Memorial Day. Thanks to everybody who has served. agree with that one. Thanks to everybody who has served. We had a not-so-nice weekend for baseball. A lot of postponements up here in the Northeast, like a lot of doubleheaders going on, those seven-inning doubleheaders, which are always hard to handicap. But I figure let's do a little recap of the league, just go around the league, you know, talk about what's happened since our last podcast, which was, what, three weeks ago, I want to say. You know, it's a holiday. We've got some extra time on our hands right now. JJ keeps pumping out the articles. I feel a little bit better about where we're at. We, we hit a Houston team total over, a bunch of team total overs today. So good uh, work by the two of us in talking that one through. And I think you swept your yep. card today, JJ. Yes, felt good. Felt good. Felt great. Three know, yeah. Three no is better than 0-3. It definitely is. Makes up for me uh, breaking breaking some rules on Sunday with my bets and going with the Cardinals. And of course, you know, a little bit uh, riding that train a little too long. But, you know, it's all right. We'll get back on track and you know, 3-0. And, you know, that's just how the season goes. I see a lot of folks are really, you know, starting to hit the point where this is becoming a little bit more of a chore. You know, the novelty of the season <laughs> is worn off and the ups and downs and, you know, the quote unquote, the cliche grind. Uh, but we're one third of the way through the season, boys. And, you know, it's it's all about just kind of staying even keeled and not overextending, not having to get too emotional and, and keeping after it. Keep after it. June 1st is just about here. Keep after it. We still have four months of the season and the playoffs. We know that April was going to be a little bit rough with the weather and the whole ball situation. And the last podcast that we had still wondering in terms of like what's going to happen. Like, are we going to see – some more offense and perhaps we just start there and just go through it. I think that we were talking last time around three weeks ago, the 
average batting average. Is that the proper way to say it? the average average in the <laughs> league was two two thirty two? I think it was. It's up to two thirty six. Weighted on base is up. I think on base percentage up to I'm seeing league average three twelve. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was three hundred four or three hundred six the last time around. So a little bit more in terms of offense. Is it attributed yep. to the weather warming up? Probably because I don't think that they've changed the ball at all. <laughs> <laughs> not they didn't change it back. Didn't change no. it back. Maybe during the all-star break, but probably not. So some better weather. And maybe the teams that I think I expected to come hot out of the gate were starting to hit the ball a little bit more. Some good hard contact. Houston Astros, the team that we bet on today. They're, they're not striking out at all. They're crushing the ball. They put up 11 runs today. Dodgers, Padres are starting to come around on the ball. The Giants somehow lead that division still because they just ripped off their fourth in a row. But I think that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the teams that we thought offensively would really be in the lead and at the top of the league after two months are pretty much there after two months, including the Red Sox, I, I'd probably say also. Yeah, agreed. And you're starting to see an Atlanta team, uh, at least over the last couple of weeks, that have turned it on significantly. Um, when we were together three weeks ago, and you know, Yanni and I were, uh, we had the families down there at a at a Braves Toronto game, and you really saw them struggle mightily against left hander, a left hander um, on the mound, and Robbie Ray, who is okay. You know, I mean, he's he's not a slouch, but he's not the kind of guy that you would expect to shut down Atlanta. They're back well above in the, in the positive against lefties, and and one key catalyst of that, you've got a Freddie Freeman who's actually starting to hit, get on base. Yep. Yep. Um, he's not where he, you know, if you look at his season statistics, he's not where you would expect him to be, but you know, you better believe that he's going to continue his march to the positive, and he's a huge um, catalyst for that team in that three slot. You know, again, Azuna's out, but you're you're starting to see Austin Riley you know, mature, become that player that, you know, two years ago, does he fit it? He didn't fit it third with Josh Donaldson. Um, you know, so he's playing left field, fish out of water. You know, now he's everyday third baseman and he's really started to put it together. That's big when you consider that he's your number five, number six hitter and he's got power. Um, so that team is starting to come alive. They definitely are. They're number six right now and weighted on base average 326. Like you said, Azuna, he's not going to be coming back, but they have some pieces on that team. Freeman's come up. And right before we started to record here, I think we saw Freeman's at 235, but his on base is what, 365 or something like that. Yeah. Riley has an on base of 400. You put all of those parts together. I still think they're going to win this division in the end. I'm looking at their odds, and we were talking about our, our free rolls from the last spot. <laughs> what would we bet on? The Braves now are plus 275. Yanni, should we put a little bit more on the Braves, a plus 275 to win the NL East? <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't know about that, but I, I do think that they, as JJ said, I think this is a team that they've got the pieces, you know, and, and you're starting to see that. Um, you're starting to see them figure it out and put it together a little bit. And, and we knew this team should be able to hit. And I think JJ talked about a, a couple really important pieces there in that lineup that are starting to come together. I, you know, Ozuna, I don't know what impact that's going to have on the team. I mean, obviously he wasn't hitting that well to begin with. So, you know, it's, you, you could make the argument that that's not going to be a big deal. Not sure. Um, but that being said, I, I think you still have to look at this team. I still think you got to give them the edge even though they're not there yet. I, I think they're going to continue to improve as the season goes on. I think so. I'm tempted to dabble in a little bit of the plus 275, maybe three to one if they get there again. 
Their pitching numbers still aren't that great. 427 or no, 424 ERA, 427 pip. Pip, FIP. Pip's not a stat, guys. <laughs> Pip is not a stat. Pip. But FIP is definitely a stat. They'll get it together. Should we talk a little bit about the Mets who are leading that division? And what are their odds? It's got to be almost two to one, right? Minus 182. Yeah, they're minus 182. And and it's not pretty, you know, but I they're getting it done. They are getting it done. And I think, like, you know, I briefly mentioned, you know, as the uh, the uh, Phillies went down to the Reds today, what, 11 to 1, 11 to 2, something it was like that. Ugly. It was ugly. And yeah, we, we can so talk a little bit about the Phillies. I don't even <laughs> well, want to, my, but the Mets my first. Point, <laughs> yeah. My point being, you know, you made the point like we're, we're really starting to see this division, you know, crystallize. You know, it's firming up into being this two horse race. Um, notwithstanding a, a pretty significant surge from from the Phillies, but you know we'll get to them, uh, and even the Nationals to a degree. I don't really think their their starting pitching is carrying them to the degree we we kind of made the point three weeks ago, and you know in in our uh, season preview for the uh, NL East was the Nationals are only going to go so far as their big three pitchers take them: Strasburg, Scherzer, and Corbin, and. Arguably, really, just Scherzer is is taking them somewhere, that's and that's not necessarily. I, I, and I, I, I shouldn't say that because I don't want to sell him short. I think he is certainly well deserving to be their ace. Um, if, if with any reason not being a clear cut candidate otherwise, so I think you're gonna you're seeing them drop out, even though they have some good talented hitters. Um, but the Mets, they've been fortunate to get it done. I mean, the guys that they have as backups. For the guys that are on the injured list, somebody like Kevin Pillar, it took a ball to the face, you know, and now he's out, right? It was ugly. So scary. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, they've had to make a move for Billy McKinney to play outfield in the absence of guys like McNeil Conforto. Um, it's it's just a mash unit on this lineup. However, this rotation has been getting it done amazingly. Um, guys like Joey Lucchese, Taiwan Walker are just on fire right now. And, you know, somebody like Jacob deGrom is someone that w- you see a lot of joking around and there's a lot of seriousness about it. He, the guy does not get run support, um, but he still is, you know, your odds on uh, Cy Young, NL Cy Young candidate this season. But Stroman, deGrom, Lucchese, Walker have been doing a great job of, of plugging um, plugging the holes while their offense is on the shelf. Their offense really hasn't done anything this season. Um, but between that and a, a bullpen that has been very good above average this season, I think you're seeing them win some tight games in the opposite sense of where I would have figured they'd be winning tight games um, on the forefront of the season, more like six, five, six, four games. They're winning these two, one, three, one type of type of outings. They're grinding out run differential of plus two. Taiwan Walker is a very interesting case. I keep waiting for him to regress 205 right. ERA, like a walk rate just below 11 or no, is that 10 point? Yeah. 10.4% walk rate. I'm waiting for him to regress, not happening yeah. to Grom. He's, he's a stud. And as this season plays on, if they get healthier, their, their offense is a little bit below average, but if that pitching's there and if they can get into the postseason, if they can just win this division or just get a wild card, we know who's going to be pitching in that wild card game. Right. And we know who's going to be favored in that game. I mean, this yeah. this team is built for the playoffs, and right now there's not really anybody really pressing up against them. What three and a half games up? That can go away very quickly when you go head to head if you have a bad sure. series against the Braves. 
but it's going to be these two teams there. Run differential, Mets plus two, Braves minus two. They're all kind of hanging out there. I'm still a little bit shocked that the Mets are uh, five games over 500, especially the lack of run support for DeGrom, but here they are. And, right. and 15 and five at home, guys. Didn't even realize that until I saw it right here. 15 and five at home. Including a couple. I think they got a couple this weekend over the Braves. And and they'll get Carlos Carrasco will be back at some yes. point. So, yes. I mean, that's that's a big one. I mean, that does allow one of these guys that's filling in like a Lucchese to go back into that long relief type of type of role where, you know, hey, you don't get a good start out of somebody or you need a spot start, that sort of situation. So they're actually they're getting it done with with pitching, which is a little bit um, of flipping the script. But, you know, we'll see how it plays off. They have a hot a heating up Atlanta team with less talented pitching. They're not going to get Soroka back this season, uh, every indication that that we've seen, but they're piecing it together uh, in the rotation as well. Should we talk real quick about one, how my microphone keeps falling over to my face right now, but two, the uh, free bet, your thoughts on the free bet of Phillies four to one from a few weeks ago, because I want the Phillies to stop playing baseball right now. They're, they're well, you know, now, now I can get them at friends. nine to one. Oh so, you know, let's just say. <laughs> so that tells you about the few weeks they've had right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, we're seeing that separation. Yeah. Maybe you I, should chime uh, in about the Phillies. If this microphone stops hitting me in the face, I think I finally have this in gear now. No, I um, don't like what the Phillies have going on right now. It's nice to get JT Realmuto back the other day, but yeah. Bryce Harper, I guess he'll be off the DL hopefully in about a week from now. This team just doesn't, it doesn't wow you with anything. Wheeler, like games where you have Wheeler putting up 14, 15 strikeouts, still he gave up a few runs. You can't do that because the Phillies don't actually score that many runs. Very inconsistent. For a while, they, they had the inconsistency where on any given night, you could get you know a six, eight run spot, kind of like your Reds right now. It's right. Team total under. You don't know. Keep keep hitting, keep hitting, keep hitting. And they have they have a it's it's been a pretty bad defense to date. Um, I think that was Awful. my expectation. Yeah. I think that was most people's expectations, you know, just kind of like the Mets when you don't have a center fielder. Um, that makes it kind of tough. And, you know, I don't know. Alec Bohm looks a little bit like a fish out of water out there in the field sometimes, but, yeah. um, you know, he's young. But if it, those are the type of liabilities that kind of, I don't know, they, they seem to add insult to injury, um, especially when you're, you know, your team's on a skid and you have bad defensive plays, you're booting balls, not getting, cutting off balls in the gap. You know, they're getting doubles off of you versus singles. It's just those types of things that a bad defense can really amplify. And I think you're, you're really seeing that lately. And Nola hasn't been in the greatest form. I mean, not awful stats, but it's not Nola from two years ago and Nola from last yeah. year. He's not going to be a Cy Young candidate, anything of that nature. So we'll see how it goes. It's usually in baseball, it's never as bad as it seems, and it's usually not as good as it seems. But with the Phillies right now, it does seem pretty bad. They've lost many series in a row. They can't get past the Marlins. And if you can't get past the Marlins, and it's like two years, two and a half years in a row now, that if you can't get past what is the worst team with some talent, of course, like a lot of younger, better talent than the Phillies in terms of their young prospects. But if you can't get past them, how are you going to get past the Braves, Mets consistently and put together? But nine to one, hey, there's there's worse bets. But I think yeah. there's more valuable bets out there too. <laughs> Probably yeah. more valuable bets. JJ, tell us where we go next. Tell us about the division or topic that you would like to 
for us to hone in on next. And hopefully I can straighten out my microphone as you bring it up. Let's go out to the AL West. We're seeing things really tighten up there. Um, You know, Oakland, you know, having, I don't know if if a a skid, yeah, they've lost three in a row, you know, four, four and six in their last 10. They're coming back a little bit. Houston is their main threat. I think you would say you're seeing Seattle back there, just a a game over 500, but I don't think you can realistically expect them to be in that race. Well, don't um, say that to Yanni. Well, don't say that to Yanni though. 50 Uh, to one and 28 to one from the last podcast. Right. But I, (laughs) it would be great. We set a true, 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 true long shot. shot. Let's let's prep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean, I'm not saying that they 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 really have a chance to be an above 500 team. I, you know, Angels will get Trout back eventually, um, but they're such a I don't know they're such a disappointing team when it comes to their pitching or their uh, pitching staff. Um, and then you have Texas, which is truly just struggling on offense. And um, I, it, you you have to think this is going to be Oakland and Houston as we expected, um, and now it's a half game apart even though Houston blew two big games this weekend against San Diego Friday and Saturday, I believe um, Saturday and Sunday where they had blown late inning, nine inning um, games there. So that was pretty tough considering that Oakland was losing, but I think, you know, Oakland's a little better um, than I probably gave him credit for, but I still think Houston is, um, the, the class of this division, their offense is completely, um, in, in full force right now. And they're missing key guys, which is pretty amazing. Um, however, the liability that we knew, especially that bullpen is going to rear its ugly head at times. And it's going to remind us of the 2019 seasons, 2018 seasons where bullpens were terrible. Terrible and uh, very frustrating, um, depending on which side of the action you were on. But um, I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts. I mean, what the one thing that I think really plays in Houston's favor is they have a massive run differential, and of course that comes from blown blown teams out. Um, but you've got Oakland that Saw is today. If, Saw today, eleven yeah, two. Exactly. So you know that can be a little bit deceiving, but you have to expect. Um, that this team will continue to win. Oakland will as well, but I think Houston gets them. Yanni, if you had to bet AL West division winner, Houston, I'm seeing minus 118 at DraftKings, Oakland A's minus 110. Juiced both sides. Have to love so that that happens. Juiced on both sides. If you had to bet on one, who'd you pick? Well, like you said, I think you have to have a pretty strong take if you're going to bet one of these, but I'm with JJ 100% on Houston here. I think that you know, I don't know what it is about that Oakland team. I know they're a quality team. Obviously, they're, you know, they're they're plugging along. But I think the Astros, they have it, you know, and, and they seem like that team that can make a run and really do some damage. I mean, we know they can hit. Um, you know, they're proving that. They're putting runs up. And we talked, I think, three weeks ago about their run differential. I want to say they had the second highest run differential in the league at that point. Um, and I don't know where it is exactly today. And like you said, some of that, you know, blowing teams out and whatnot. But overall, I think when this one's said and done, I think Houston's going to take this. Um, I would absolutely, absolutely take them over Oakland. I 100% would. I 100% think I'm going to do that sometime 
very soon. Run differential plus 57 Houston Astros. That's good for second, actually third in the American League. The Rays and the White Sox are ahead of them. White Sox still at plus 82. And we've been talking for more than just a few days about Houston's offense. But, I mean, it's undeniable how good this offense is. They're, what, number one in weighted on base average. They're actually tied for number two in weighted on base average. They don't strike out. 17.8% strikeout rate. The next lowest is 21%. So 4%, like, they, they just don't strike out. So if you're not striking out, an okay walk rate, but you're getting guys on base. They're going to get healthy. The bullpen does concern me. Like you'll have games where they're up six yeah. two, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's six five, and I don't feel as good about it's a my bad pet. bullpen. Exactly. Bad bullpen. Bad bullpen. The thing that you, the thing with them, I wanted to see, you know, this season was would the loss of Springer, what would that do to that lineup, if anything? And, and to be honest, they haven't skipped a beat. Don't see anything, no. right? And they've got Altuve leading off instead of a Springer, yep. um, or Brantley who's hurt. You know, so it's it's really pretty uh, pretty amazing that they, especially this run they've been on this week, where they put up a lot of a lot of runs. I guess they only got three in the first game against San Diego, um, but they put up a lot of runs lately, and they've been without um, Jordan Alvarez and uh, Yuli Gurriel the last few days. Um, so a couple couple key parts of the middle of that lineup who have been out, you know, again on top of. Uh, Michael Brantley being hurt, but that's, that's him. I mean, he's, he's going to go through stretches during the season where he's on the IL. Um, but when he's in the lineup and when he's on the field, he is, he is a significant part of that team, but you're seeing, um, you know, guys really step up, take that next step. Kyle Tucker is, is one and he's earned himself uh, really to start hitting second, third in the line on this lineup. They're trusting him that much. And he's come through with some pretty big hits. So, um, that's good. You've got a good center fielder in Miles Straw who can play good defense, and he's got some, some, uh, something to do at the at the plate as well. You know, not a bad guy to have down there in the seven, eight, nine spot. So, it's it's a very good lineup as we've we probably can't say enough. You're seeing that without a few key, key cogs in there, and the rotation is not bad actually. Um, the problem comes at the end of the game, and and you have to be concerned about that, but. As far as we're talking, we're just we're just saying who gets there at the end of this this uh, season, and not necessarily what happens in the playoffs when you're going against um, really good teams every day. Speaking of the end of the season, if you want to bet on them to win the World Series, plus seven fifty right now for the Houston Astros. We'll touch on some teams that are have some better odds there, but yeah, Houston number three in OPS at seven fifty six. We'll see what happens and. The thing that I think that we'll keep on doing here is I know that we are a little bit worried about the bullpen, but in terms of individual games where we see a plus matchup, we might be looking at those first five team totals again. We might be looking at those team totals. We might be even dabbling with some, you know, stacking some alt team totals if there's a really plus matchup like they even had today. But staying healthy is key. I know that every team goes through a bunch of injuries through this long six-month grind, seven-month grind if you make it to the postseason, including spring training. You're looking at eight, nine months. Like It's a grind. I know it's like not going up and down the ice like you do in hockey, but you're going out there each and every day, and it's it's a physical and a mental grind. So plus 750, I like it. I like it. Should we talk about some of the, the two teams that actually have a better OPS – the Toronto Blue Jays, Boston Red Sox, not actually the New York Yankees, but this loaded AL East, which going into, what are we, 9 o'clock, last day of May, Tampa Bay Rays on top right now. And they had that, that what, that 12-game, was it 12-game win streak, 11-game win streak? 
They're at yep. five, five in a row now. Also, just swept the Phillies. I mean, they're they're red hot. Their numbers are awesome. I expected them to be good, but I thought that maybe they'd take a step back from last year. Nah, right in first yeah, place. I agree. Five and a half game lead over the Yankees. I did too. They're they're it's they're such a tricky team to gauge. They're t- such a tricky team to project. Um, they are definitely one of those. We may have mentioned this before. They're one of those that the sum is greater than the whole, than you know the all the parts. You 100%, know, percent. Yes. Whatever that saying is. All right. It's they something like that. The, strings. the sum is exactly. greater than all the parts. They, the, they were pl- they played the Yankees today, and um, their manager. The closer role isn't just the guy that pitches the ninth inning. He'll put them in the eighth inning, the seventh inning, whatever strategically works. You know, you saw that in the World Series with Snell. Not necessarily a real popular decision, but that's the type of team they are. They pull a lot of strings. They push a lot of buttons, and it works out more often than not. It's just they're just one of those that has that, quote, unquote, the intangibles. They make it work. Um, They have a really good bullpen decent staff, that sort of thing. And you saw their offense really get hot when they were on that streak. I mean, they, they had to outgun um, Toronto, you know, and, and, uh, and they made it work that way. Um, It's cooled off a little bit, but now they're in, now they're in New York and they're playing a Yankees team that all of a sudden just cannot find, um, cannot put good contact on the ball, which is pretty amazing. Even though, you know, you look at their lineup and they just got Stanton back. Um, it's really a depleted lineup when you when you consider it, which makes you think, what what happened to the Yankees? Well, I mean, what happened to this team? Well, it, you know, let me jump in if I can, JJ, because I saw I saw a few people chattering about this earlier today, and this was kind of the typical today's game. And I think what we're seeing for this season is a little bit of uh, the pros versus the Joes. And obviously, we know the Yankees are a heavily bet team. Um, we you know they always will be, and. Tampa was an underdog in this game. And I think it's finally time that we realized that, you know what? This race team is better than this Yankees team. And and I don't know. (laughs) I think that's it. Like, that's the bottom line. We've got two months sample size. You know, you can break it down, like you said, and you can look at a Stanton, a judge. You can look at some of these marquee names, Garrett Coles, and some of these, you know, high profile players. And yeah, Tampa might not be on that level individually, but whatever it is they have that they do that, you know, when they play together as a group, they're a better team than this Yankees team is. And I'm not here to piss on the Yankees. I think they're a, they're a solid quality team. But I think we have to realistically sit on June 1st or, or May 31st today and say, you know what? The Yankees are not going to get over the hump in this division. I, I just don't see it happening. I will be surprised. And I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying they can't. But to me, it just doesn't seem like they're going to have what it takes to leapfrog, leapfrog the teams in this division. I don't even know. I think the Blue Jays could potentially leapfrog the Yankees here. Yeah, so I you agree. Know, you look at it in Boston and Boston yeah, can stay above them easily. I mean, they are playing very good ball and it doesn't look fake. I mean, they look yes. legitimately good. Yes. Yeah, so I think we have to look and say, you know, we look at the Yankees and we just kind of assume that, Hey, this is a powerhouse team. They got some big dollar players. They're going to win games and they'll do fine. They're not going to be a laughing stock. I don't think, I mean, they're above 500. They're doing all right. But I just think we have to look and say this is a second, third, fourth place team. This isn't a division winning team. And I think if we accept that, I think today's a perfect example where we should have been all over Tampa on this. And obviously hindsight is 2020, but Tampa is an underdog. That just shouldn't happen in these games like that. So that's that's my take on that division. It's a I know team. I bet them at 
I bet them this morning at minus 106 in that game. And uh, I checked like an hour and a half later and they were underdogs. And I thought, wow, I thought I got one hell of a deal, you know, and here they continue to take money. And it's in and, and why? Why was that? Especially after they went to Detroit and really got embarrassed with they scored four runs in the over the weekend against Detroit. No, no granted, I mean, they have, Turnbull's not a bad pitcher. Boyd is not a bad pitcher. They're actually good pitchers. But I mean, this Yankees team has to either they're really they have to get healthy. They have to make some moves or you're right. They're going to get left behind like teams like Tampa and Boston. And again, may get leapfrogged frog by Toronto, but they have deeper issues. I would say, you know, you look at Tampa and you look at Boston, their starting pitching is getting it done. Their, their bullpens are getting it done. Um, and they have decent offenses. Boston has a really good offense. Um, you know, Toronto, their, their rotation is patchwork, but the bullpen also has holes in it as well. But it's, it's pretty amazing when you think about it, that you're right, Yanni, that the Yankees are realistically a third place team in this division. Do you guys, you know, I've watched them a little bit. Does it seem that they're almost disinterested at times? Yes, it does seem yes. that way. It does it seem that like way. They're just kind of going through the motions. And, and what are they waiting for? It's June. Right. I mean, are, I don't think they're good enough to go through the motions. This no. isn't, you know, LeBron five and, and a Lakers. half games out of first with two teams. Yeah, yeah like we'll turn it on in the playoffs type thing. I mean, they yeah. got to get this thing going if they're going to get it going. And at this point, I just don't think it's I don't think it's there for them this year. I just really don't think so either. And if you take a look at the odds right now, put it all together, the Rays, two to one to win the division. According to Vegas, they're still thinking that Yankees win this division, plus 130, Red Sox plus 350, Blue Jays plus 550, the Orioles we don't even need to mention because they're they're just terrible. But Oof, 14 the, in a row. It's it's bad. And any given night, the Orioles can have a little bit of pop on offense, but not enough because their pitching's awful. And it, it's just the Orioles, it's just what we've come to see in the past what uh since they had their alcs run it was at 2014 but if you look at the yankees stats there's nothing they do that well guys like if you just go through it the only thing that they really are in the upper echelon in terms of of offensive stats walk rate 10.7 percent that's good for third hard contact they're second they're actually yeah second in the, the league although there's a tie for first between the between the twins and the Dodgers. So they're right there, but the hard contact isn't leading to anything. It's not leading to anything consistent no. at least. And no. yeah, like what are they waiting for? I mean, you're five and a half games. I, out. Well, you can make the argument the tough, even that Toronto's better. The tough part with, with the Yankees is you just have several guys severely underperforming. DJ LeMayhew is one of them. I mean, what he, his his batting average last season, I forget what it was. Uh, he was the, he was the batting champ, wasn't he in the AL? Yeah, it was high. You know, and now he's hitting <laughs> high. Yeah, three sixty four, and now he's two sixty seven. Two sixty seven. Two sixty seven is not bad. Three fifty two on base percentage is very good, especially oh, for yeah. a leadoff guy. Yeah, but his slugging is three forty six. I mean, he's well, um, you know, two hundred points, two fifty less than last season. And about 170 less than the year his first year with New York. So you're talking about a guy who's been a 300 plus, significantly 300 plus hitter, 500 plus slugging guy with the Yankees yep. in 19 and 20, and he's he's very underperforming there. Still a good hitter, but not who they need him to be. You know, that's just one good example. You got guys like Ursula. Um, Torres just not really getting it done at the plate. And those are your middle of the uh, the order guys. And 
it's tough to keep things moving. You can't just rely on Judge to hammer his way out of it, Stanton to hammer his way out of it, especially with the strikeout percentages and such. So it's just tough. Uh, it, it all comes down to whether you get some of those key role players like Gio, Glaber, LeMahieu. You get a couple of them working in the right direction. And I think things change significantly on offense, but not is it enough to really um, – you know, outpower a team like Boston and to outplay a team like Tampa. Um, you know, I arguably you could say something that Toronto is almost like a very similar um, uh, in a similar shape as the Yankees right now, except they have guys that can truly hit the ball day in and day out. Yes. And the thing about Toronto too, is who knows we're going to be playing games at the end of the season, like taking them out of that ballpark is interesting because they're headed up to Buffalo now. And it's yeah. like, you just don't know where that team's going to end up, but that that team was definitely raking down there. And they hit everywhere. So then, how do you pronounce that town name? Dundonine or Florida? Florida. But um, I'm never going to be able to properly pronounce that town name in Florida. So I'm just going to call it. Okay, great, great little town. Yeah, nice little place. It was great. We enjoyed it. Dunedin, right? Um, is that how I'm saying it? Okay, got it. Dunedin. 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 But yeah. Yankees right now plus 325 to win the American League. Rays seven to one. We already mentioned the Astros seven and a half to one. Blue Jays there at eight and a half to one. It's it's a tight pack, including the Red Sox, eight uh plus eight fifty also. So everybody's in that plus eight fifty range, but Yankees still lead the pack there at plus three. It's a good division. We talked about that early in the year. I mean, this was gonna be a good division. And you know, outside of Baltimore, obviously, it's uh it's it's proven that. Definitely proving it. The only team with better odds to win the World or not World Series, the American League, Chicago White Sox at three to one. We expected a little bit of regression. I think JJ hasn't necessarily come. <laughs> hasn't necessarily <laughs> no. come. They they have a run differential of eighty two plus eighty two. Yeah, thirteen games over five hundred. Winners of five straight, seven of ten. They're still doing it, man. Yeah, they definitely are, and and it's they are a team that you can almost guarantee them putting up significant amount of run, you know, significant run production each game. I'm talking about eight, 10 runs. I'm just talking about, you can expect them to, to get three, four, five, maybe even six runs a night, yep. which is big considering that they have a really good starting pitching staff. Um, Giolito, Rodon, they have been fantastic this season. Um, and then you look deeper in there and Lance Lynn still getting it done. I mean, 34 years old, that? thought maybe this awesome was the end. Stats. Yeah, exactly. He's just kind of, you know, finishing out his career here with the White Sox. And my God, he's he's gone from a team where he was the man in Texas. And really, yeah. you know, it was kind of like, wow, he really had a rebirth. And, you know, it's kind of like, well, you become expendable. You trade him. You trade him back for a younger guy in Dane Dunning, um, which I think is a good long-term move for, for Texas. But the White Sox got exactly what they needed, which is one hell of a fourth, third, fourth, or fifth starter on their team. And, and he's playing, he's pitching exceptionally well. And you've got guys like Dylan Cease, uh, younger arm, and Dallas Keuchel, a veteran who, you know, are kind of down there in the bottom of the rotation and are really good three, four, five guys. So it's it's a team that is has been been hitting, you know, not going to cover off the ball, but also really good pitching, you know, maybe a couple question marks there in the bullpen, but their back end, um, you know, Liam Hendricks, they obviously, that was a big pickup for them to shore up their bullpen in the off season to actually get a legitimate, um, you know, lockdown type closer, three saves um, in those last three appearances. 
including some long outings, you know, so you can really trust them and turn the ball over and they're getting they're, they They have a decent bullpen, um, but, you know, we're seeing them really drive the train with um, great hitting and it's not having to rely on the home run all the time. I mean, these guys can, can move, move guys over, can get guys in and also have that power to get it over the wall. They, they, um, they have good base runners, smart base runners and are fast on the uh, base pass. Tony LaRusso, jump in really quick. Tony, I was yeah. sorry. I was just going to say one of the most underappreciated guys in the league, Tim Anderson. I mean, yep. he is rock solid, and you never hear that guy's name mentioned. And I mean, he is rock solid. And you yeah. know, keep in mind too, they're they're doing this without Eloy. Um, yep. You know, they're doing this without Lewis Robert, who's who's been injured. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're going to get some power yep. back later in the season. You know, to add to this lineup that's already, like JJ said, moving runners, moving moving the ball, and putting runs up. So. You know, this team, I think, can not only stay on the trajectory, they, they might be able to be even better as the season goes on. I mean, you're starting to see Nick Madrigal, which there was, there was their first round pick a few years back. He is hitting well. He's, you know, one of, he's their middle infielder there with Tim Anderson. Good double play combination. Very athletic guy. And he is coming into his own. He's starting to hit. And they play him down at the bottom of the lineup usually. He's usually their nine guy, which is fantastic because, you know, this team, this team rolls over their lineup quite a bit. And to figure when you have a legitimate guy hitting in the nine spot, and now you have exactly that, Tim Anderson, who is a wonderful leadoff guy. How nice is it to have somebody in front of you every once in a while as a lineup guy with some good heavy hitters, Yohan Makata, Jose Abreu, uh, Mercedes, Grandal, even though Grandal isn't hitting very much. He's got an insane look. Well, we got to look up his numbers. He's, he's got like a 190 batting average and like a 350 uh, on base percentage. So even though he's not hitting very well, he's getting on base. Getting on and, base. Uh, you know, Sometimes that's all you got to do and have those yeah, other 226. In. His lineup, his his average is up to 226 with a 318 on base percentage. Um, but anyways, yeah, we, we could talk um, a long time about this White Sox offense. Um, but you know, that the, the proof is in the pudding, but I think what is separating them this season is their starting pitching. Starting pitching's there. And you even look at a guy like Keichel, he's towards the bottom of the rotation. Good ground ball guy, good veteran pitcher. He's not going to lose you games. He's a guy that you can throw out there in the playoffs and be confident about it. He could be yeah. coming out of the pen in certain spots, I guess, yeah. like depending on the series. So he's a guy that is going to be very valuable and if they can get Eloy back, that'd be awesome. They are three to one to win the AL. They're going to win that American League Central. Vegas is saying minus four hundred. There is zero value there. Do I wish I would have bet on them instead of like the Twins to win the American League Central back at the beginning of the season? Yeah, of course. But hindsight's twenty twenty. Right. Now it's June, and we need to kind of reset, reevaluate. <laughs> Here's a question for you guys: Would you rather bet on the White Sox seven to one to win the World Series or the Rays at 20 to one to win the World Series. Because I lean Rays just out of the value perspective. Rays have that that consistency. Not that the White Sox don't, because the White Sox, I think all in all, they have the flashier team. Do they have the slightly better team? We could say yes, but the Rays are 15 games over 500. Like you said, the sum is greater than the parts consistently. It's just consistent. Don't walk people. Just don't strike out. What would you rather would take do? that 20 to one? I would take that. One? If you're I think so too. I mean, they were just, they were just there. I mean, they were just in the world. Like literally just, just there in game seven. Right. Yeah. So you got to figure, uh, and 
and their key loss, which oddly enough, you know, when you figure they, they dealt away a guy in Blake Snell and, you know, I think that was a pretty headlining type of move. Yeah. And almost like, well, that's a typical raise move. You just traded away one of your best pitchers. I think you could make the argument that Tyler Glass now is arguably better than him because he can go deeper into games. He gets himself into trouble and screws around, runs his pitch count up, strikes out guys, you know, that can get into that trap at, at times. Glass now can. Um, but we all know Blake Snell is trouble going into that second time through the lineup, third yep. time through the lineup. So yep. when you think about what you truly need out of your starting pitcher, he can be dominant, but if he's only going five innings on a regular basis, you know, not that San Diego does not have a really good bullpen, but you get into these stretches like they, like San Diego just came out of where their bullpen was extremely taxed and you have a starter. And we just saw it yesterday when he went against Houston. He got blown out of the game, but they needed him to hang in there for a little bit longer. And they had to use Joe Musgrove to come in to finish the game off because their bullpen was depleted. So think about that. They had to put in a guy who has a no-hitter this season to pick up the slack for Snell. Not saying Snell's a bad pitcher, but Tampa Bay traded him off, got their best pitching prospect. Sell high, man. Sell high. Haven't missed a beat this season. So you, you're, you're dead on. 20 to 1. That sounds really good. I'm not, I don't know if they'll get there, but when you pose one versus the other, that is three times the, the amount. And yeah. though they that team can navigate the playoffs and get to the upper echelon and get it done. We just saw it. We see consistency from this team season after season. They're currently in first place. I'll take that 20 to one. If you're interested in the White Sox, maybe wait for them to have a little July skid. Maybe wait for them to have a little bit of a skid and you can get something in that 12 to one or 14 to one range. Just wait for them to drop a couple and Cleveland gets hot or something like that. I'm not touching the White Sox at seven to one necessarily right now, but that 20 to one actually has me wondering right after we uh, record here, just dab a little bit, just price shop hunt for value. Also at 20 to one are the Atlanta Braves. I think I'd rather have the Rays at this point than the Braves. I mean, obviously that's yep. easy to say because the Rays were 15 games over 500. The Braves are what two under, but you know, Houston, <laughs> Houston 17 to one, I think we mentioned. And then the Mets nine and a half to one. I'm not going to be touching that. 